Okay, so you just got that positive pregnancy test, and you've called the doctor to set up your first appointment, but now what? There is so much to think about, and where do you start? How do we prepare for this new chapter? And beyond a Pinterest perfect nursery, how else do we need to set up our space for a baby? Where do our partners fit in? And how do we make sure that we still have a strong relationship through this whole adventure? These thoughts and many, many more might be running through your head right now. And by the end of this episode, you will have a roadmap to guide you. When type A mama Callista Anderson was pregnant, she was a little overconfident and thought that she was overprepared for motherhood. She always had the desire to be a mom, and she even had seen babies being born as a registered nurse, so she thought she was golden. However, life didn't go quite as planned, and she found herself exhausted and lost postpartum. Then, just four months postpartum, she got news that left her stunned. Listen in to hear what rocked Callista's world and what she learned from that experience. She was so inspired after that to help other women not go through what she did that she became a new mom coach and started New Mom Boss, a coaching program, course, and a podcast. So today we're learning from her mistakes and how we can stop feeling like we're drowning right now and instead calmly walk through our pregnancy, knowing that we've touched on all the essentials and then some. You're listening to the Mamas in Training podcast, giving aspiring and expecting mamas guidance and community from moms who've been there. I'm your host, Jessica Lorian. However, I am not yet a mom. An autoimmune disease has delayed my journey into motherhood. So I made it my mission while I heal to learn with you all about motherhood so that together we can be as prepared as possible. And just because we think we were born to do this, which we were, we can't think that everything will just fall into place. That definitely was not the case for today's guest, Callista Anderson. And today she will teach us how to make sure that you are prepared and confident during your pregnancy and into life as a new mom. Before we get to the episode, I want you to do one thing with me. Picture this. You're out for a day of errands with your baby when all of a sudden they've soaked their fresh diaper that you just put on them before you left. Okay, no worries, you have an extra diaper. Give them a quick change in the Target bathroom, but an hour later, you notice a familiar smell. Oh gosh, time for another change. It's poop time, yay! But you're a pro, you packed a second diaper, so you've got this one covered too. Baby is now asleep in the stroller, so you decide to go grab yourself a quick coffee. But then all of a sudden, they wake up screaming. So you pick them up, and what is on your hands? It's a blowout! There goes the third diaper, baby's clothes, and your own. With Boom Boom blowout bodysuits, diaper blowouts are covered. Literally. The entire back of each bodysuit contains waterproof PUL lining, polyurethane laminate fabric, which is used in cloth diapers. 
It is then bonded between two layers of super soft, unbleached organic cotton, making blowouts no longer a stress. Trust me, I saw it in action, and it's amazing how strong these Boom Boom blowout bodysuits are. They're made right here in the U.S., and the design is beautiful. Treat yourself to less stress, and let Boom Boom Baby Company cover that mess by clicking the link in the show notes, and make sure to use the code MAMASPOD, that's M-A-M-A-S-P-O-D 25, for 25% off at checkout because nobody has time for a blowout. Now that we got that covered, on to the show. While I was pregnant, I actually felt overconfident. I always wanted to be a mom. So there was like that high desire I thought was was gonna be enough. And being a mom to me before I had kids was like something so natural. And then you throw in my background, my professional background. I'm a registered nurse and my husband's a doctor. And so that medical background gave us this extra confidence of we got this. He actually delivered a baby during his training. And I was in, you know, during my nursing school L&D, I saw babies being born. I followed around a lactation counselor. And so... My pregnancy was great. I had my baby girl and my labor and birth went great, just according to my plans. The first week after she was born, we had trouble breastfeeding. My husband didn't have paternity leave or anything. Like he had no days off. He had to get his sleep. And so he would go into the guest room to get his sleep before work the next day. Mm. And it got really lonely. That first week, I Mm. thought like, oh my gosh, is this what our relationship is going to be like? We're going to sleep in separate rooms. And even just the normal routines of doing all the little things, I was a little bit like, hmm, why isn't this like happening faster, more natural? So that kind of shook me in the beginning. And that was a little bit of postpartum blues, which is so Mm. common, more common than we realize. And I had a nipple injury that first week and... I thought I wouldn't be able to breastfeed. But luckily, I found a breastfeeding group and I was able to go in that first week and we got the hang of things and we were able to continue and things were great with breastfeeding. And I was on such a high for the first eight weeks. And I did all the things that I saw all the other moms doing and it's just what you do in our day and age, you know, preparing the nursery. I had a Pinterest perfect nursery. I took the hospital class. The registry and baby shower were, you know, to the T. I washed all the clothes before she arrived. You know, everything, like all the things were perfect. And like I said, I was on a high. So I do believe I was running on adrenaline for several weeks. And I didn't feel the sleep deprivation. And it wasn't until eight weeks after she was born, it all came crashing down. I felt the exhaustion of sleep deprivation. Like I could not have prepared for that. I mean, you know, mentally, you're not going to get the same amount of sleep. You know, it's going to be a little rough, but it was way rougher than I had imagined or could even think of. Like there's no comparison to anything else in the world. And I was just like, oh my God, I don't know how I'm going to last. I don't know how long this lasts. I texted my best friend. I said, when am I going to get sleep? And she said, oh, things will get better around seven months. 
I'm like, seven months? <laughs> oh my God, that's like five months away. That's mm -hmm. the light at the end of the tunnel. That's so far. And so I just kept doing my best, you know, every day getting the hang of everything little by little. And then at four months, I was feeling a little different. My baby girl was acting weird about breastfeeding. She was not liking it for some reason all of a sudden. And my stomach started looking a little poofier. All of a sudden I was gaining weight again. And my husband joked, you might be pregnant. Are you sure you're not pregnant? And we were like, ha ha ha, that's so funny. And so I took a pregnancy test and sure enough, I was pregnant. So I had a four oh month old and I was pregnant and I hadn't slept much yet. It was a lot of mixed emotions. I didn't know whether I wanted to cry or be happy because I was just so exhausted, right? And I was like, how am I going to take care of another baby when I can't even take care of myself and I'm barely taking care of my, my baby girl who's four months old? But that's when I got to thinking, wow, I, th I thought I was ready, right? I did all the things. Obviously, I wasn't as ready as I thought I was. So I thought of all the things I could have done better or prepared myself better and all the things that I did that weren't really necessary. I knew I needed to sleep before this next baby came. And initially, I, I thought I was going to do attachment parenting and I had this vision of how I was going to be as a mother and my parenting style. But I was like, I need to sleep. So... I told my husband, maybe I should sleep train Jordan, my daughter. Can you research this before we do this or if we should even do it? And so my husband's a big research guy and he did all the things and he pulled up all these articles and he said, no, I think it's safe. We should do it. And so when she was five and a half months, it took me like a month to get mentally prepared to do it. <laughs> And also five and a half months was kind of like a good point because by then they're eating more or starting a little bit of solids. And so that made me feel better that she wasn't going to be hungry in the middle of the night. And so we did it. I sleep trained her and it was amazing. I got to rest for the remainder of my pregnancy until my second was born and it was beautiful. I really got to bond with my second baby because I feel like I prepared the right way. The first time I, I didn't do what I, I believe is all the things now. And so with my second, I did my own all the things and it was beautiful. So even though it's different every time, there are definitely things that we can do that you then did with your second and then prepared again for your third. I think what happens is most of us, we get pregnant for the first time and we think, oh, holy crap, what do we do? I mean, because the to-do list just goes on and on and on. And in a recent episode, we actually talked about time management in every trimester, which was wonderful to kind of outline what we're going to be feeling and how we can focus on different things in different trimesters. But can we walk through, as if we're going through literal baby steps, where do we start? We get that positive pregnancy test and there's so many things to prepare for. Where do we begin? Well, the way I take mamas through pregnancy is to go over what I call my five S's, which is preparing yourself, your significant other, 
your space, your skills, and your support. So is the first thing to maybe focus on self and our mindset and how we can prepare our body and our lifestyle while we're kind of secretly holding this surprise? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. The first trimester is all about self because there's so much happening internally. It, It takes a lot. We don't see what's happening inside, but so much of our energy is diverted to the pregnancy. And you start to feel that in the first trimester. I know for me, one of the signs I knew I was pregnant was brain fog. And that's because a lot of your blood is going into the placenta. And so you get that pregnancy brain, mom brain. The first trimester, I think, is is just more about trying to relax. And whether or not you want to make that announcement yet is, is all up to you. I found in my later pregnancies that I could just go ahead and tell my my close friends because if anything were to happen if I had a miscarriage or any complication I would go to them anyway to lean on them so staying present because it's kind of this weird balance of like oh my gosh I have so much to do and oh my gosh there's nothing I can do right now like you just have to wait for the baby to grow (laughs) it's kind of keeping yourself busy because you don't want to focus too much on all the things that can happen staying present exactly with your day-to-day you just keep living your life and then when the right time comes to take the next steps of getting ready for the baby you've built a, a good foundation for yourself as far as mindset and being active in the way you choose or or like to stay active like for me during pregnancy early on it was yoga and so I love yoga because it's both physical activity exercise and mindset together and another thing I've practiced for a very long time is starting the day with gratitude and that helps so much with mindset. So with the significant other piece is that something maybe while we're in this period of unknown of the first trimester and kind of patiently waiting that we could work on this and if so what would you recommend doing definitely the thing i think most first-time parents don't think about and don't do is talk about the changes and the dynamics that are going to happen after the baby arrives is really going to be beneficial because you're not going to be able to do all your routine things together or go on date nights as much as you used to once the baby arrives, at least not in the beginning. The fourth trimester, which is like the first three months after having the baby or the postpartum period is the messy middle. And it's just part of the journey, right? You, It's a lot of getting used to, but you can prepare for it as much as you can. I like to say you can get 80% ready and then the 20% of the unknown is like, you just have to go with the flow and your relationship is the same preparing for becoming parents because now you're not just partners you're going to be parents which is a whole new layer of your relationship and how you parent together and how you still keep your relationship a a priority and have maintenance on your relationship and so there's a lot of talking that can be had before and relating your significant other to space and getting ready for the baby and a little bit of autopiloting your home is, you know, we have certain roles that we do, we each do in the house and we have our certain tasks and chores and 
you know, that may change. A lot of that's going to change after the baby arrives. And so that's one thing you can talk about is who's going to be in charge of what. Are there any other specific things that we could do with our partner in this period of waiting to make sure our relationship stays strong? One thing I, I recommend to my clients, and this is a little bit later on when you're farther along in your pregnancy towards the you know third trimester before the baby comes, is to set a date night, maybe four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks after the due date. Mm. That way it's already in your calendar. And if mm-hmm. it's a dinner date, make a reservation. Do something that can keep you... Commits you. You know, something to look forward to and something that's already half done. The reservation's made or whatever the date is going to be. It's already half planned out. Maybe the babysitter's already planned. Mm -hmm. And I recommend the same for your social life. So a girl's night out or day out or some sort of social activity with family or friends around the same time you know after that first or second month after having the baby and it really gives you something to look forward to one two it prevents you from forgetting about it like a lot of times we can just get into the day-to-day and before we know it we're like oh my gosh we haven't had a date night in so long or i haven't seen my friends in so long and when it's in the calendar it's 95 percent gonna happen And the other thing is scheduling with friends, especially if they're parents as well or other moms, it takes a long time to find the one day that everyone can go out at the same time, right? Exactly. So in our first trimester, we're focusing on ourselves, maybe what feels good to our body, maybe getting our mind relaxed, staying present. Then we're having these conversations with our significant other, figuring out how our roles might adapt or change. And later on, maybe we're scheduling some dates. We're pre, pre-planning for these moments to have together. So maybe in the second trimester, we're focusing more on space. What does it look like to get our space prepared? And is there anything in particular that you either need or don't need? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I recommend preparing your space in the second trimester because that's when usually you have the most energy. The first trimester is a lot of morning sickness for a lot of mamas or you're just fatigued. And then the third trimester, your body, when you're getting close to your due date, you're just ready, right? Like you're you're big, way bigger than you normally are and you can't move as fast. Your belly's in the way. So second trimester for sure is where you want to do all the the nursery things if you can. And so baby registry, then baby shower, and then after your baby shower, you'll have most of the things you'll need to put your nursery together and get all the big things assembled. That is one thing as new parents you'll discover is there's a lot of assembling to do. Everything comes in a box. (laughs) You need all your little tools to put things together and you need lots of batteries. So getting those things (laughs) done in the second trimester and taking advantage of that peak of energy is going to help you out. The other thing about the space, which is a huge piece that we don't think about a lot of times is our household and how it can run more smoothly with us more hands off. That way when the baby arrives, you don't have to think about paying for the bills or doing all the tasks and chores because for the most part, you've either 
deleted, automated, or delegated those things. And then you can focus on the baby more. You can focus on yourself and your your relationship. And what I would say what you don't need and what you do need. Register for the things you're going to use in the first three months, mostly. You know, there's all these Mm. other toys and things that you may need after six months but the problem is if you register for all that and you may get it from your friends and family and you may end up not getting the things that you need earlier on and you're gonna have to buy it yeah right so that's one Mm -hmm. secondly if you get all these things that you'll you'll use in the like six month period and beyond there's just they're gonna take up space in your home like these big boxes Mm -hmm. in the corner of your house which you don't need so yeah i like to take advantage of the first three months you know four or five month type of things for the baby that way you're fully stocked and you have everything and then save the rest for later so then talking about skills what do you mean about skills is this like classes that we might attend well the number one skill as a new mom is breastfeeding and then there's other things like Mm. you know pumping which is part of breastfeeding and then time management which is a skill you already have but you are gonna just hone that time management skill even more as a mom Mm -hmm. and the breastfeeding piece is a skill you can actually start to hone before the baby arrives because when you have a good foundation of the knowledge behind breastfeeding what to expect the common breastfeeding issues that arise you know how to deal with those better and they won't be so overwhelming and you Mm -hmm. don't have to wait for the baby to be in your arms to learn how to breastfeed a lot of hospital classes do touch on breastfeeding but it might be you know 15 minutes of an overview and there are a lot of other breastfeeding courses or classes and books that you can familiarize yourself with before the baby arrives our last staple is support Mm -hmm. what kind of things do we need to prepare specifically for the postpartum period yeah that support is essential yeah that was one of my my things that i did differently the second and third time around so when i say we need the support it goes above and beyond our friends and families a lot of pregnant mamas when i first meet them they're like oh my sister has babies or i have friends with kids and you have they feel like they have the support and they do but that's more moral and and social support over the phone yeah yeah just like <laughs> girlfriend time type of support um and family support right but they're not someone who can actually help you with pelvic floor issues or breastfeeding issues maybe they can guide you but they have their own lives that's that they'll get to you when they can get to you right Um, having that specialized support ahead of time whether you use them or not that's not the point you may do fine breastfeeding you may not have any pelvic floor issues sleep training babies or you know all these different things that you may be doing or needing help in in the first year and so for me I had trouble breastfeeding with my first baby and I luckily found a group you know within that week but it took time for me to research and make sure you know it was something Mm -hmm. I wanted to go to and so if you do this ahead of time 
you don't have to expend that energy and the time vetting people. Just focus on the baby, right? And if if a, an issue arises, you already know who you're going to go to. Yeah, it's like having your toolkit already filled. And so if you need that tool of a lactation consultant, if you need that tool of a pelvic floor physio, if you, whatever it is, you just reach in and you pull it out. But maybe this time in the third trimester, when we don't want to move too much, maybe we want to relax a little bit more on the couch, we can take that time on the internet or maybe through friends and through communities that we find to ask and find those people and really make those connections because I bet a lot of them do online, on Zoom, over the phone conversations and make sure that we jive with them so that if we have a problem, we know who to turn to. Exactly. The third trimester is perfect for that. Like you said, you you may not want to be moving a lot. You can do everything from your phone these days, right? So just, you know, relaxing and thinking about all the things you may or may not need. I recommend, you know, a breastfeeding lactation counselor, a pelvic floor person, a therapist, you know, my husband and I went to counseling after the second baby because it was a lot to have back to back and it was the best. Like I love going to therapy. (laughs) I highly recommend it. You don't have to wait until your relationship is strained to get help. Um, It's Mm -hmm. just nice having a professional person and an outside person help build the, that bridge and connect dots for you and your partner. And I think it takes a little bit of pressure off of your partner too, because there are things that you're going to go through that aren't necessarily having to do with them. And of course, we always want to communicate with our partners and be open and share with them. But if we can maybe do some of that dumping on something like a therapist, then it doesn't all go on to our partner. And maybe we then have the conversation with our partner saying, hey, I talked to my therapist about this and I discovered this about myself or whatever. Mm -hmm. Isn't that crazy? You know, it's like, it's a different conversation we're having with our partner instead of this constant dumping of our thoughts. Right, and I think that's another, I mean, at least in our relationship, and I've gone to therapy on my own too, like my husband is not my girlfriend. My husband is not my therapist. Mm -hmm. Like he's my husband and I Exactly. I don't have to dump and I don't dump all my feelings and thoughts on him. And it is helpful to have someone to talk to, especially in the postpartum period, because postpartum depression and everything that falls under that postpartum anxiety, OCD, so many things can happen that you don't expect. And having that person you trust to walk you through that if you need it is so helpful. These five S's are really a great way to ground ourselves. I think, because when we do have that positive pregnancy and we do have that feeling of like, what now? How do we sift through this? This is a great place to just say, okay, focus on yourself, focus on getting grounded, make sure you check in with your significant other so that you're on the same page. Now we can look at our space, the actual nursery, the actual space of what we have in our home, what that'll look like, how it might adapt and change, learn some new skills, get our toolbox prepared with everything that we need, get that support, have those people that we know are going to be at our side and at our beck and call when we need them. And then that's pretty much the 80%. And then like you said, that 20%, unfortunately, we just have to ride the wave. But at least if we can go through these steps We're going to feel a little bit more prepared to know that we've covered all the big hurdles, 
right? Now we can just see what'll fall in between the cracks. Mm-hmm. You summed that up so well. Yes, that the the five S's is the eighty percent I would say, and then the twenty percent I want to add a, a sixth S just because you you made me think of this. The <laughs> unknown is the spice of life, right? Like if we knew everything that oh, was I love coming. That it would not be as fun. So leaving. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) That's what it is, right? Like the unexpected things, they're always different. It could be great and positive unexpected things or challenging unexpected things. But either way, if you have your, the first five S's, you're going to be able to just roll with the punches and grow with the unexpected because that is really what helps us grow is learning how we how to deal with things that we weren't expecting and believe me that is the one other thing I did not expect about being a mom or a parent is the growth that it required internally Mm. I have not stopped since I had my kids like it has made me go internally and grow spiritually and in all those five s's and it's made our relationship stronger too, learning how to be parents and not just partners. It's a really beautiful, unexpected thing. Now you have some framework for what comes next. First of all, if you just found out you're pregnant, congratulations, I am here to support you as well as this community every step of the way. I know it can seem very overwhelming right now, but these five S's are a great roadmap for your upcoming months. That was a lot. So let me recap. First of all, take time in your first trimester to focus on yourself and your significant other. Have those important conversations and prepare your mind and body. In the second trimester, focus on your space and your skills. So make your registry, have your shower, Prepare your home and your nursery, put your home on autopilot and delegate those chores. Take some classes to prepare you for birth, breastfeeding, hypnobirthing, etc. Then in your third trimester, do your support research. Find a lactation consultant, a therapist, a pelvic floor physio, maybe a sleep specialist, and put them right into your toolbox so you know exactly who to call if you need the extra assistance postpartum. If you want to hear more from Callista, join her in an upcoming five-day workshop, June 10th through the 14th, where she goes into much more detail on the five S's. Just click on the link in the show notes that says five-day workshop to register. And if you're listening and the date has passed, just click on the link anyway and sign up for the next one. You know, we focus so much on the birth plan, but preparing for postpartum is even more essential. And if you want to take it to another level of support where you can get advice from mamas who've been there and from women who are exactly in your shoes, then join us in the free Facebook community, Mamas in Training. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes that says Facebook community and fill that toolbox with more support than you can imagine. We're in this together. 
If you enjoyed the show today, new episodes release every Wednesday. So be sure to subscribe in your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And help us grow our mama community by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. That way I know how to better serve you. And finally, I would love to connect on Instagram. You can find me at Mamas in Training Pod. That's M-A-M-A-S in Training P-O-D. For Mamas in Training, I'm Jessica Lorian. We're in this together. <laughs>